Podcast One production. Your morning agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thank you for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Thursday, the 10th of December. The Medicines and Health Regulator in the UK has issued an urgent alert over the new Pfizer COVID vaccine, advising people with a history of serious allergic reactions not to get it. The COVID vaccine was rolled out across the UK yesterday. The new warning follows an incident with two healthcare workers who suffered allergic reactions shortly after receiving the jab. It's understood this reaction did not show up in the trials. Here's Dr June Rains from the UK Medicines Regulator. We know from the uh, very extensive clinical trials that this wasn't a feature, but if we need to strengthen our advice now that we've had this experience in the vulnerable populations, the groups who've been selected as a priority, we get that advice to the field immediately. People who suffer reactions to medicines, food or vaccines are being warned not to get the coronavirus jab. The healthcare workers both had histories of severe allergies and carry adrenaline pins. They have both now had treatment and are doing well. Also making news this Thursday morning, Labor will fight the government's proposed shake-up of industrial relations laws, warning it will force some Aussies to take pay cuts. The legislation would reportedly allow COVID-hit businesses to get agreements approved which don't necessarily pass the so-called better-off overall test. The test makes sure workers are better off under individual workplace deals than they would be under the award. But Shadow Industrial Relations Minister Tony Burke has told 10 that's open to exploitation. The employer simply says to them, there's going to be a pay cut, that's the only thing I can do, otherwise you lose your jobs, and you're voting on it tomorrow. We know in those circumstances vulnerable workers will say, if that's my only option, I can't afford to lose my job, so I'll take it. The Prime Minister has defended the legislation, saying businesses are doing it tough, and if they don't exist, no one has a job. An 18-year-old is expected to be charged with a number of terrorism-related offences after being arrested in Albury on the New South Wales-Victoria border. It follows an extensive AFP investigation which started in August after authorities became aware of a number of online posts containing extreme right-wing views with alleged neo-Nazi material. Assistant Police Commissioner Scott Lee says the teenager is accused of a number of offences. He uh, has been accessing uh, and engaging with others through social media platforms uh, where he has been uh, accessing extreme right-wing material uh, and that has also included uh, bomb-making materials uh, which he has sought to provide to others as part of his activities. And an Australian parliamentary inquiry has blasted mining giant Rio Tinto over destroying an historic Aboriginal site. The report released yesterday slammed Rio Tinto's inexcusable act, saying they should compensate the traditional owners and rebuild the 46,000-year-old Aboriginal cave system it blew up. In May, the caves in WA were destroyed as part of an iron ore exploration project. Rio Tinto has again apologised, promising to change its practices. 
Now for a look at what else is making news around the country this Thursday morning. A dramatic arrest in Melbourne with an elderly man charged after allegedly shooting a man at a construction site. Our reporter James Lake is in Melbourne with the details. Thank you, Tash. Yes, police have charged an 89-year-old man after he allegedly shot another man at Ravenhall in Melbourne's west yesterday. Witnesses say the elderly man arrived at the construction site in a truck before getting out and opening fire. He was taken down by tradies in a dramatic citizen's arrest. A 58-year-old man was shot in the upper body, but his injuries are not life-threatening and he's recovering in hospital. Authorities say both parties are known to each other. And in WA, a surfer has narrowly escaped a shark attack weeks after a fatal attack at the same popular beach in Broome. Our Perth reporter, Adam Hemmings, has the details. Tash, it happened at Broome's Cable Beach, where a 50-year-old man was fatally attacked by a bull shark last month. Sam Hesseltine was about 50 metres offshore with a friend around 7 o'clock yesterday morning when he felt a bump. I thought perhaps I'd bumped into my uh, mate. I thought maybe he was duck diving and I yelled out to him, was that him that I've hit or had I hit his board and he said no. They immediately paddled into shore and that's when they discovered puncture marks in the board, possibly from teeth. It will now be examined to determine the species of shark. The Shire of Broome shut the beach but it could be reopened today and friends say Mr Hesseltine is extremely lucky he escaped without a scratch. Now let's check the latest in business and finance news with Peter Switzer from switzer.com.au. Good morning, Peter. And budget stimulus and coronavirus infections are spooking US investors. Yeah, well, US stock markets have been in and out of record territory overnight, Tash. And the local market is tipped to open lower today, but the Aussie share market indexes are actually up six weeks in a row if this keeps continuing, as we've seen this week. On Wall Street, the stalemate between the Democrats and the Republicans in the final weeks of the Trump presidency over the size of a stimulus program, like our successful JobKeeper program, is starting to spook investors. And new coronavirus infections topping 200,000 a day, taking the US total to 15 million isn't great for stocks either. And Peter, as we reported earlier, there's plenty of controversy on the federal government's new workplace policy. Yes, well, the federal government looks set to cave into union and Labor Party pressure to alter one aspect of its proposed industrial relations bill. We were told that businesses KO'd by COVID-19 would be allowed to make new wage and workplace condition changes that might not pass what is called the better-off overall test. This means changes to an existing wage agreement could take away some things, but they have to be more than made up by some new and improved changes to a work contract. The unions were never going to buy that. And Peter, the economic data this week says an economic and stocks boom in 2021 is coming. This is great news. It sure is. It's been a huge week for the economy, Tash, and the drop of data says 2021 is set to be a boom year. The Westpac Consumer Confidence number is at a 10-year high. The NAB Business Confidence reading is at a 31-month high, while the bank's business condition statistic is at a 20-month high. Consumers and businesses are actually more confident now than they were for the months before the coronavirus came to town. And Goldman Sachs, the world's most watched investment bank, tips US stocks will be up 16% next year, and like it or not, 
but our stock marketplace follow the leader with Wall Street. Playing stocks for next year looks well and truly on, and for OS travellers, our dollar is going up. Good news. Peter, thanks so much. My pleasure. Now, let's check sport with Brett Thomas. And, Brett, if you have a spare $2 million, you may be able to snap up a rare piece of cricket history. That's right. Good morning, Tash. The baggy green worn by Sir Donald Bradman in his test debut against England way back in 1928 will be auctioned off today. There is a twist to this story, though. The baggy green was gifted to a family friend, Peter Dunham, in the 1950s. Now, Peter Dunham is an accountant. He was jailed in May this year for four and a half years for defrauding his clients to the tune of $1.3 million. So they're hoping to recoup some of that t- today. Gavin Dempsey from Pickles Auctions uh, believes that records will be broken. The last baggy grain that was sold via Pickles was Shane Warne's baggy grain, and that achieved over $1 million at auction. Don Bradman's baggy grain should see it achieve even more. So that was uh, a few years ago, as you mentioned there, with Shane Warne. So you'd think that he would break that. And some of the predictions today that it might go as high as $2 million. So that will recoup some of the, the costs of uh, the, the money that was lost, people losing houses to Peter Dunham, mm. the accountant who was jailed back in May. All right. Thank you, Brett. And also today, Melbourne Storm's part owner has dropped a huge hint about the future of Cameron Smith. That's right. Now, Jerry Ryan, he's a well-known businessman. He started up at Jayco Caravans. He's been in, involved with sport for years, involved with the Saints and the AFL. Uh, he founded the Green Edge Cycling Team, which competes at the Tour de France, and he's one of three owners of the Melbourne Storm. Now, he is adamant, very convincing. He believes that Cameron Smith has played his last game. He will retire. This has been going on for months and months. He's done a book tour and still gave us no answers. He secretly bought a house on the Gold Coast uh, earlier this year. He has remained here since the season wrapped up. And they're sending up the chairman, Matt Tripp, uh, this weekend just to seek some further answers. But uh, if Jerry Ryan uh, is right, then Cameron Smith has played his last game. And at the AFL draft last night, Brett, the Bulldogs snapped up a player compared to Buddy Franklin. Who's this? That's uh, Jamara Eugle Hagen, widely considered the best young talent in the country. Now, the draft used to be pretty easy to follow, Tash, in that it was just uh, you had a pick and then you you, uh, you read out the play, you chose the player that you wanted. But now we have a bidding system. So Adelaide actually had pick one. They used that to bid on Jamara Eugle Hagen, who's actually an academy player for the Western Bulldogs. The Bulldogs had to pile up five of their picks. They matched the bid, and so they selected him with pick one. So he does go to the club where he has been an academy star for a few years now. He's also the first Indigenous player selected at number one in 21 years. Oh, it means a lot. I hardly see my dad cry, and obviously it's coming from him. I don't know. Obviously it means a lot of emotions around the whole room. Yeah, it was great to see him realise his AFL dream as it was for uh, around 60 or 70 young players around the country last night at the AFL Draft Hush. Good luck to all of them. Brett, thank you very much. Thank you. Checking the weather details around the country now this Thursday morning in Brisbane, partly cloudy with a high of 29 degrees on the way. Possible shower for Sydney, becoming windy, 26. Melbourne, possible morning shower and a high of 18 degrees. A few showers and 25 for Canberra. Cloudy conditions and 17 for Hobart. A cloud clearing from Adelaide today with a top of 25 on the way. A shower or two expected for Perth with a possible storm. A very warm 36 degrees on the way. And 35 and mostly sunny for Darwin. 
And 2020 will be remembered for a lot of new things, but now the name Karen has been written into the history books. It's been selected as Macquarie Dictionary's People's Choice for Word of the Year. Karen is described as a term used predominantly to refer to a middle-class white woman, often of Generation X, who is regarded as having an entitled and sometimes condescending opinion. While Karen from Brighton in Melbourne, who went viral earlier this year, is quite happy with the win. Well, goodness me, Karen is Macquarie Dictionary's word of the year. And as it should be. In fact, it should be Karen, word of the century. Okay, while Covidiot, described as a person who refuses to follow health advice, was selected as the people's choice for COVID word of the year for 2020, a category that hopefully doesn't make a return next year. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. Please rate and review and you can also follow us on your socials at Your Morning Agenda on Instagram. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Tomorrow.